Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And once again, I'm so glad to be here with you for this week's episode, which is another interview with an amazing woman in the middle, a veterinarian who's an expert on why pets are good for your health in midlife and beyond. Today, we're talking specifically about how pets can lead to increased physical and mental health and happiness. Emphasis on happiness and laughter. Don't forget laughter. Pets are hysterical. Now, you know, I have had pets my whole life and I am so grateful for it. The very first dog I had was a poodle named Charlie when I was quite young. But Charlie ended up having to live with grandma and grandpa in Connecticut because we were moving to an Air Force base in Texas while my dad did his service in the late 1960s. Once we moved again to Pennsylvania this time, we got a weird dog combo, actually. <laughs> we had a wiener dog, a dachshund named Cindy, of course, after Cindy Brady and the Brady Bunch, and our first St. Bernard named Mr. Jack. I have such fond memories of those dogs, but what a weird combination, right? Jack was huge. He was huge. He was well over 200 pounds. And this little wiener dog, you know, what a combo. <laughs> Anyway, we also had cats and many more dogs over the years, and my family eventually started to breed St. Bernards. We were part of the dog show circuit, and, you know, all those St. Bernard puppies are so cute. It was a really fun and uh, definitely chaotic way to grow up. And now with my own dog, a lovable and slobbery Newfoundland, I just don't know how my mom kept up with the mess, the shedding, the slobber. I only have one, but when I grew up, we had five St. Bernards I, and five kids. Like it was really a little bit zooey, but honestly, the mess is impressive. It's an impressive mess. <laughs> I can't even imagine uh, more than one slobbery dog in the house. Anyway, my pets growing up had a huge influence on me and helped me cope with many difficult times in my life. This for sure had something to do with the direction of my research later in grad school way back in the late 1980s. I did a qualitative research study, my, my thesis actually, about the relationship between children and their pet dogs. And I loved every minute of it. And, you know, I just, with this podcast, I just couldn't wait to find a guest to talk to you more about this important aspect of so many of our lives. So let me tell you a little bit about my special guest today. Her name is Dr. Margit Muller. She's a doctor of veterinary medicine with more than 25 years of experience in the field. She's a sought-after international speaker, certified life coach, NLP master, and international protocol manager. Dr. Muller, or as we're allowed to call her, Dr. Margit, um, also holds a master's degree of business administration. She's been the executive director and chief veterinarian at the Abu Dhabi Falcon Hospital in the United Arab Emirates. Under her expert leadership, the hospital has become the world's largest falcon hospital 
as well as the world's leading center for falcon medicine. Isn't that interesting? A member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons in the UK, the Association of Avian Veterinarians, USA, and the Bavarian Chamber of Veterinarians in Germany, she's also the author of the Practical Handbook of Falcon Husbandry and Medicine and Modern Veterinary Practice Management. Quite accomplished. And you know, she's also the author of one other book. And this is why I wanted her on the podcast. This book is called Your Pet, Your Pill. 101 Inspirational Stories About How Pets Lead You to a Happy, Healthy, and Successful Life. Of course, you know I was excited to talk to her. I couldn't wait, and you won't be disappointed. Dr. Margit lives in Abu Dhabi now with her five dogs. Five dogs. So get comfortable. Make sure your dog or cat is nearby. I know you're going to love this interview. Hi, Dr. Margaret. I'm so excited to have you with us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hello, Susie. I'm so delighted to be with you today. You know, when I found out about your book, I was, I was really excited just to have you on. And, you know, I've known about the power and importance of having pets in your life for decades. Um, and in fact, I even did my master's thesis back in grad school on the relationship between children and their pet dogs. So I... I was just waiting for somebody to talk about pets on the podcast. I've done it a little bit, but when I heard about your book, I was like, that's it. She's coming in. Well, coming on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about your pets. Let's start there. Well, I have a lot of pets, actually. I had pets all my life. They had been the pillar of my happiness, the pillar of my strength, the pillar of my backbone. And at the moment, I have five dogs. I have six parrots, two bachis, two rabbits, one huge tortoise, and seven horses. So all my animals keep me really busy. They are like my big family. Oh my gosh. A turtle? A turtle, and she weighs around between 40 to 50 pounds. She's not one of these little small ones. She's just massive, but she's totally impressive. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you are in Abu Dhabi, right? Yes, that's correct. I live here since 20 years. Oh my gosh, the power of Zoom that we're talking today. It's amazing. Um, So what kind of dogs do you have? Well, I have a huge German Shepherd. He weighs around 100 pounds. He's my bodyguard. He's mama's boy, you can say. Then I have a very old lady. She's a crossbred. Um, She's around 16 years old. She's also adopted. She was found in the street. Then I have a mini Spitz. A, uh, a cocker spaniel who thinks she's the beauty queen and she is actually. And then I have another crossbreed. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I have a 120, 130 pound Newfoundland. Oh, they are beautiful. They are one of my absolutely favorite dogs. They are just stunning, really. <laughs> they're stunning, but there's no way they could handle it in Abu Dhabi. My dog <laughs> loves the cold. Like today it's snowing a little bit and he's sitting outside and he's so happy. Oh. Yeah, that's the right environment for your dog. That's definitely true. Oh, my gosh. But he's a mess. I'm uh, he's such a mess. <laughs> it's an, it's an understatement. Now, you have parrots, too. I have a little tiny Quaker parrot. She loves to talk, but you have so many parrots. How did you yes. get involved with parrots? <laughs> Actually, first I got involved with falcons. Then I had a falcon, uh, but this was a very old one. So when she passed away, 
one of our customers actually gave me three parrots because she left the country and she didn't trust anybody to take care of her parrots. She said, it must be you. I will not <laughs> give these parrots to anybody else. And this was a big macaw, a cockatoo and an Amazon parrot. So that's how I started off with parrots. And uh, now I have six of them. Also some African greys came and they're all adopted actually. So these are all parrots that people didn't want to have anymore or they couldn't have them anymore. And it's quite funny because some of them, they learn to talk a little bit. So one of them talks in Arabic. You cannot understand what he says, but he talks in Arabic. The other one has the voice of a man, a deep man's voice. And the other one is just singing and dancing the whole day. So it's pretty funny, actually. It's really cute. In the morning, they say, hello, good morning. And then it lights up my day. <laughs> that is so funny. Even my little Didi, she uses my husband's voice to say good morning. So she picked that up from him. But most of the time she's with me all day and and she definitely sounds more like me. It's so funny. But your parrots actually sound human the way they speak. Actually, they do. And one of them can mimic my voice exactly. And this is an African gray parrot. And she's calling my dog this mini spitz. His name is Snowy. So she's always calling Snowy come, Snowy come, exactly in my voice. And my dog believes it's me who is calling him. And he comes right away when my parrot calls him. So it's pretty funny, actually. So they are amazing. amazing. Well, I'm glad you brought up the falcons because that was the first question I wanted to ask you. So how did you end up as the executive director and chief veterinarian at the Abu Dhabi Falcon Hospital in the United Arab Emirates? Like, I have never met anybody who is a falcon expert. It's amazing. So how did you end up doing that? That's an, I don't know, in my world, I don't know any vets that focus on falcons. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly true. That's a very small world. Falcon vets are very few, actually. And I was always interested in birds and in falcons. And during my studies, I got deeper involved into falcons and this was the time actually when we did some kind of rescuing for injured falcons as a kind of rehab centers at the university and my interest deepened. So I did my PhD on a bumblefoot in falcons, a foot disease in falcons. And then 20 years ago, they offered me the job here first as a veterinarian. So they called me up in Germany. I was in Germany at that time and they said, we have a job for you in Abu Dhabi. And I was like, come on, hang on. I had not applied for the job and I didn't know about them. So it came out of the blue. But in the end, I went to Abu Dhabi. I said, OK, I'll go for adventure. And it was an adventure because in the beginning, the hospital was still new. And I was the first woman. I was the first Westerner, the first veterinarian. It was so difficult. And it took me really actually years to convince them that I know what I am doing. So it has changed a lot, but it was really, really very challenging in the beginning. Wow, it sounds, it sounds challenging. That's so interesting. I live on a ravine and um, I have more hawks in my life than ever before. I've seen some pretty interesting things in the backyard when they, you know, they, they pick off some poor little sweet doves who are just at the, the bird feeder. <laughs> <laughs> but they really are beautiful. Uh, wow, that's it's such an interesting job that you have, and and uh, to be a woman and to make a name for yourself, I think it's a worldwide name for yourself. Now you said it's a very narrow area of expertise. Yes, actually, actually nowadays the Falcon Hospital is the largest hospital for falcons in the world. 
We treat more than 11,000 falcons a year. And when I went to, to Abu Dhabi 20 years ago, I started as a veterinarian, but after half a year, I became the manager of the hospital. I had a vision for this hospital. I mean, the hospital belongs to the government, but I had a vision for it to develop it in a way that was way beyond what everybody had been thinking. And nowadays, it's the leading center for falcon medicine worldwide. I have discovered two new diseases in falcons. I have established a training program for veterinarians. We had veterinary, veterinarians and veterinary students who came to us from 42 countries to learn from us here in Abu Dhabi. And we had some Americans as well, and they were just delighted. They were so amazed when they saw what we are doing here. And this is the idea what I have. It's not just to have this knowledge myself and to keep it myself. I want to share it with the world because only then we can bring change to the world. I know so much about Falcons. So I wrote a book on Falcon medicine to share it with veterinarians and students in other countries to improve the living conditions of Falcons in those countries. And that's always what I have in mind. I believe you can only make change if you, yeah, communicate with other people, if you reach out to other people and if you share knowledge. And that's also what I tried with my book, Your Pet, Your Pill. Well, just that's exactly. And not just for Falconers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I wanted to bring it up, first of all, because I just had a sense that what you were doing was unusual in so many ways, culturally, for you being a woman. And, and also, it's such a niche in veterinary medicine. And a lot of uh, women in the middle, of course, are comfortable with pets and dogs. And Even with my my little bird, we had to go, we go to a different vet. We call the vet the weird animal vet because when you go in there, all of us who have animals that are not, <laughs> that are not dogs, not cats, we're in there. But what I really loved about your book, and where I have so many questions to ask you about your book, is it's called Your Pet, Your Pill. And what's so interesting is that you even have little stories in there about the influence of falcons on people. So it's not just about dogs and cats, but there's a story about guinea pigs and horses and, you know, all kinds of other animals. I thought that was fascinating because a million years ago when I was doing my research, I, I was able to find work on dolphins and their influence and effect on people that was miraculous. But what you're doing to even introduce the falcons is so interesting. So tell us a little bit What can we learn from our pets? Why is this such a big deal? <laughs> we can, can learn so much from them. Actually, I believe that they are our best teachers. I mean, we can learn from them, first of all, to live in the present, to live in the moment, because we are so busy, you know, to think what we want to do in the future or what is happening. So it is very important to center ourselves, first of all, and to live now, right now, in this very moment. And this is what pets are doing. That's what they are showing us. I mean, when my dogs are running around in the garden and, and they are just enjoying their life, it shows me how beautiful life can be. And a lot of people might think that these are just trivial things, but these are the things that really matter to us. And once we start to become more grounded and live more in the present, then we can also change our mindset. And this means... Our pets can make us happier. I mean, yes, we all know if you have a pet, you are really happy. But this is founded and based on science. And that's what's so beautiful, actually, that you have studies that really say that when you have a pet, for example, that about 90% of pet owners are happier 
than people without pets. And if you're happy, I mean, the, the animals are reducing your stress. So they are reducing your stress hormone, cortisol, but they are also increasing your happy hormones like dopamine or your well-being hormones like endorphins. Even your love hormone, oxytocin, gets excreted in large amounts within only three to five minutes of playing with your pet, of cuddling your pet, which means it is fantastic what just an interaction with your pet for a few minutes can change physiologically in your body. And this is not just something we are thinking about. This is proven by science. And that's what I believe is very important that we understand that pets can do so much beneficial for us on a physical side, but also for our mental health. And especially now in those times of of COVID-19 pandemic, where people are really stressed out, a lot of people are anxious because nobody knows what the future will bring. I mean, it's a totally different situation, which nobody has ever experienced. I mean, we are in uncharted territory, actually. But our pets actually make that change. And I mean, there was a study where 90% of pet parents, you can say, said that their pets helped them emotionally during lockdown. And I mean, that's a stunning figure. I mean, this is something which is showing how much they contribute to our well-being and how they support our mental health. And I mean, when you look at cat owners, another study said that 87% of cat owners say that their cats improve their mental health. I mean, that's just fabulous, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, I make a joke because in in my house, I have three um, college-age kids and and my husband. And for part of the lockdown, we were all home. And for part of the lockdown, most of us were home. And my dog doesn't know what to do. It's like party time for him. All of his routines are gone. He's not taking naps. I'm a home-based business. I had a routine and that's out the window because the dog is up and looking for fun all the time. Um, So I think it's been a bonus for the pets too. But what you're saying about not just helping us be happier, but also helping us manage, manage stress. It's, it's unbelievable. And it, it seems so obvious, but to hear it, how much it's backed in research, it's amazing. Yes. And actually, when I started working on the book, I mean, I knew a lot of science, but even I was surprised when I really dived deep into all this research, went through all these studies, international studies, from the US, from the UK, from Germany, from Sweden, from all different countries. Then even I only realized how much more our pets do for us than what we commonly think. And I mean, I have a good experience as a veterinarian and I'm also a life coach, but it really showed the massive positive impact and the incredible benefits we have really from our pets. And I mean, even it's not just they help us to live happier and to have a a greater well-being, even they can help us to live longer. I mean, Susie, imagine there is a study that says that if you have a dog, it is decreasing your cardiovascular disease by 36%. (laughs) And even a year after a heart attack, only three people of 3% of dog owners have passed away compared to 28% of non-dog owners. So actually, they help you really even to survive in those cases. And I mean, what more can you wish for from a pet? It's unbelievable. I mean, it's so obvious. We think, well, there's chores and there's routines. 
that have to happen. And, and even that can be such a positive thing for people who don't have routines. It kind of anchors their day and, and helps them plan more in advance, even that. Um, one of the things you pointed out in your book, first of all, the way it's organized is so interesting that you have so many little stories and, and so many details. It's so great. Um, but one of the things you point out is how important laughter is and how much you can get from laughter. And if you live alone, I don't know that you're going to be busting out in laughter just here and there, but your pets make it impossible not to laugh. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit more about the importance of laughter? Yes, actually, that is true, especially for people living alone or even senior people who might have lost a partner or who might, uh, might uh, have been divorced. It makes such a change because, as you say, when you're alone, when do you love? Maybe you read a joke in the newspaper. Okay, but then that's it. That's not a real love. But when you have a pet that's doing a funny trick or is doing something really, really funny, you really burst out in laughing. And this is reducing stress. It is reducing your depression. It is reducing anxiety. And in the same time, it is also reducing pain. And that's absolutely stunning. It is reducing pain and improves your immune system, which is especially valuable now in times of COVID, obviously. So the change that happens in your body just because you have this wonderful time when you love with your pet makes all that change. And actually, I personally think that's the perfect well-being retreat for us, actually. And you have it available 24 hours a day. I mean, what better things can you have? What better can you wish for? So it is amazing. And when people say, yes, laughter is the best medicine, actually, Laughter with the pet is your best medicine and pill. Oh, my gosh. I totally agree. Well, let's talk a little bit more about COVID and what's going on with the pandemic. I know at the beginning, uh, when things were kind of blowing up and, and all uh, us humans were getting our head around what is this isn't going to go away in a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> A lot of pets were being adopted. Um, and what have you seen working directly with people in their pets? Um, in terms of these adoptions and in, in terms of how people are readjusting um, to more of a home-based lifestyle? Actually, here at the Abu Dhabi Falcon Hospital, we also have the one and only animal shelter in Abu Dhabi Emirates. So this means we are the animal shelter. And that's exactly what we have seen now during COVID. In the beginning, we started to have more and more people coming to us and adopting pets. And it was quite interesting because what they all said and what was really a common feature that they said, you know, now we are at home and we never felt how lonely we are because we are always out. You meet friends, you meet colleagues at work. But once you are really at home, you are alone with yourself and not all people can bear that. They are not mm -hmm. used to that. They feel completely socially isolated. They cannot fulfill their social needs anymore. Even as you know, a hug isn't possible anymore because if you live alone, you have nobody to hug anymore during lockdown or during COVID. So they started to realize that they need a friend. They need a companion. They need love. And this is what the pet is giving them. So when they started adopting, they realized that it's not just that their pet lights up their life. It gives them this unconditional love. It loves them no matter how down they are, how bad they feel, if they put on makeup or not. It's just this love that's there forever. And in the same time also, the pet helps them 
to stay grounded, as we said before, to be in the present, but also to have this routine because we had a lot of people who adopted and they said during lockdown, you know, in the morning, I don't want to get up anymore. I know I have to do some work, but I'm a freelancer, so it doesn't matter when I start working. And then I forget to take my breakfast. So they didn't have a real structure anymore. So the pet structures their life. It gives them a daily routine. And this is something which is extremely important, especially during lockdown. Also to stay mentally fit and healthy. And also, for example, when you have a dog to have exercise. And the interesting thing that all had in common was we should have adopted a pet much earlier. Why didn't we do it? So this was the conclusion from all of them because they felt that this pet supports their mental health tremendously. It gives them again a purpose and it reduces their anxiety. You are not just focusing on all these worries about COVID and what will happen with your job and that you're sitting alone at home because the pet is able to fulfill those social needs. You can hug your pet. If you have nobody else to hug, your pet is there and it's very happy to be hugged and it will just cuddle back. And alone, this kind of feeling when you play with the pet, you have a friend and you can talk to this friend. You can tell all your worries. You can say whatever you're feeling and you can trust that this will stay with the pet. It will not just tell it to anybody else. You don't need to be afraid. What will it be? Sometimes those parrots talk. Yeah, you make so many good points. I've noticed something interesting when we're walking our dog, Nico. Um, People, it happened the other night. He's pretty beautiful and we're stopped all the time. He's unusual. Sometimes people will drive and stop their car just to get out and ask us questions. So we're outside and people that know us, see us, they stop what they're doing and they come outside all pandemic appropriate And we're having, it's like, we're so excited to see people (laughs) that people are making the time. They want to come pet Nico. They want to come and talk to him and pet him. And our leash is long enough and we're outside. So they're so happy to see him. And I always joke that my husband's become a chick magnet because whenever he walks this dog, so many people talk to him. It's unbelievable. But I know that I've read research about that, too, even when it's not pandemic, that if you're walking a dog, you're talking to more people than you would be if you're walking alone. And that's one thing we can do in the pandemic. Most of the time, we can at least be outside. Yes, exactly. And as you say, that's proven by science, because once you have a dog, people feel free to approach you because they have something to talk about. They say, oh, you have a beautiful dog. They would not come to you and say, you have a nice coat. Can I talk to you? You know, (laughs) it makes a huge difference. And especially also for elderly people, you know, for seniors who are alone, it makes a whole lot of difference because they might not have anybody to talk to. But once they walk their dog, they start to gain friends because you meet other dog owners. In the end, you meet up, you let them play or you go to the dog park together. So you start building up relationships, you start building uh, connections, you start getting friends. And this is something which brings you out of the social isolation, either now during COVID or in general, especially like for senior people. So I think the impact, especially a dog has, is just fabulous because it really opens up a whole new life. 
And I think that is so important. And it really, yeah, chases away your loneliness and gives you life a meaning and a purpose. Absolutely. You know, I've done an uh, an episode on the podcast um, about the empty nest dog. So that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is midlife. So before, uh, you know, that age group where kids are starting to leave and people are anywhere from 40 to 60 typically. And so what I'm noticing is that it's a big adjustment for some people to have a quiet house after they've had a house that has been very busy. And all you need to do is introduce a pet into that house to really notice uh, a huge difference. And I think the emptiness dog, the emptiness cat, it's a great idea to give love, to be able to receive love at will. You don't need to wait for that kid to call because that kid's probably not going to (laughs) call. You'll have to call the kid, but that pet is waiting for you. What have you noticed about empty nest situations? That's exactly the point. Because as you say, you're alone, your kids are out and you need to refocus your life as well. And I mean, what is better than refocusing your life and thinking of what you want to do and have a friend in all of this? And the pet makes a difference. It gives you a new purpose. It also helps you not to feel so lonely because as you say, you, you were used to run a very busy household. You had the kids there, the friends of the kids. There was always life in your house. And now it's empty. It's like it's, you know, your, your house feel, feels like it's dead. But the pet brings so much joy into this house, so much happiness and so much love. And also it helps you to meet different people. It helps you to change that focus. And it is absolutely fantastic what pets can do, especially also, as you say, for let's say women or even men in the middle, because it is a life-changing situation that is happening. Because whatever you did the last, you can say, let's say 20 years, this part is finished. You need now to yeah, orient yourself towards the future, to a different kind of life. And that is sometimes very hard for people, especially for women, because they spend more time with the children usually. It's so an adjustment, it has- yeah. Exactly. And if you have this pet, it's, it shouldn't be a replacement for the child. It should be something for you, for you personally. Someone you can love and who loves you back unconditionally. Doesn't matter if you have your menopause or not. Doesn't matter if you feel good or not. But this pet can get you out of everything. And it can give your life a completely new meaning. You are not sliding into a depression that you feel, yeah, useless. You don't have anything to do anymore. It gives you this push, this meaningful role and this purpose in life. And it helps you to refocus again. It's so interesting what you said about um, how you can meet new people. One of the things that we've discovered, which is I never saw it coming, but with the Newfoundland and with many breeds, there are things that traditionally that breed has been trained to do. And with the Newfoundland, they are excellent at water rescue. And they've also been known to pull carts, you know, the way you used to pull a cart with the mail in the snow and things like that. And there's a Newfoundland association in uh, of southeastern Ontario, where we're from. And you can work with your dog to learn these very unique skills. And it's been fascinating to watch our dog 
learn skills that a Newfoundland is so amazing at with rescuing people. And it's been so much fun to see what he is naturally good at and to see how he can learn new skills. It's been a blast. And I never imagined that we would be doing something like that. But to watch our dog excel at skills that he's made to be good at, oh my God, it's it's so rewarding and it's actually so beautiful. Exactly. And you have a chance to meet like-minded people because where you're doing it, the other people have the same kind of dog. So this means you talk to people who have maybe similar experiences. You can exchange opinions. You can exchange views. You, you can really talk about all of this. And this is something also which, you know, which keeps you focused, which gives you also new ideas. You meet new people. And as you say, it is so enriching when you see what this dog can learn. But it's not just the dog who learns. It's even you who is learning new skills because of your dog. Definitely. And that is also beautiful for you, not just for the dog alone. Oh, definitely. But you know what else we're talking about is how to get the slobber off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, And the ceiling. It's like, you guys have any good tips? <laughs> <laughs> big issue with the news. So one of my favorite, <laughs> issue <already. laughs> Oh my gosh. One of my favorite messages in the book is how pets teach us never to give up hope. And you you told a beautiful story about this adorable dog, Sweetie. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that? <laughs> Sweetie was a very, very special dog, actually. She was abandoned and it seems she had a car accident. So she was found roaming in the streets. And when she had this car accident, her hind leg was broken and it healed, but it healed in the wrong way. So the leg looked actually upwards to the sky. She walked on three legs and one leg really went up to the sky like this. And she came to us. She was found. She came to us. And my team said, you know, we have this dog and this uh, fracture healed and it's no use this dog and better we put it down. So I went to see her. And, you know, she looked at me and she had such a soft, loving look. And she was licking my hand like, please don't put me down. Let me live. Then I said, okay, listen, guys, we'll do a surgery for her. I will break this leg again. And we do. We put some pins in her leg and we'll see how it goes. And everybody was totally shocked. They said, are you joking? She's a rescue dog. I said, yes, she has the same right like any other dog. It doesn't mean she's rescue. We don't do anything for her. So I did it. It healed perfectly. Um, she always was so nice. And I would have liked to keep her, but it wasn't possible because I had already some dogs. So she went for adoption, found a family. And after a few weeks, she came back. The family didn't like her. So she wasn't very happy. Then we found the next family for her, a nice lady. She adopted her and another dog. And I thought she has found her, you know, her forever home. And after a few weeks, this lady came back and she said she has cancer stage four. She cannot keep sweetie. And then I thought, you know, all this time, whenever she came back so to us, to the shelter, sweetie, she was licking my hand. She was looking at me. And when the lady brought her back, I went with her to the car. Sweetie sat in the car. She jumped out of the car. She came to me, snuggled up to me, licked my hand again. And then I said, you know what, sweetie? you stay with me. And she stayed with me. And actually, she is the old one with 16, which I just mentioned before. This is sweetie. I was hoping it, it was sweetie. It is sweetie. 
She's my senior lady. She's now 16 years old. She has a heart problem that's age-related. Her heart is double the size. She has kidney problems. Doesn't matter because her mama is a vet. So she gets all her medication. We have our fixed schedule, you know, on which hour she needs to get what medicine. And she's a super happy dog. And actually, you know, she gave me back this love every single hour of every single day. And she's a clear example how pets never give up. You know, we, if we would have been in this situation, we would have given up. Mm. I mean, what happened with the first family, actually, Tim, she had an accident with them as well because her hip joint jumped out of the joint and moved towards the front and formed a kind of artificial joint. So she had problems for walking, so which those people didn't realize. So she must have been really, really pain when she was with that first family, mm. apart from the previous pain. But she never gave up. She always had hope. She knew that one day she will be having a much better life. And she has. And for me, you know, when I see her, actually, she sleeps in my bedroom every night. Not in the bed, <laughs> in the bedroom. She has her place down next to the bed. But, you know, <laughs> when she barks like 9.30 in the evening, she makes, whoa, it means we are going to bed now. Please come, follow me. <laughs> and she's just lovely. You know, she's so tender and she's so loving and caring it is just amazing and the love we get from our pets is so much more than we are even even able to give yeah and i believe if we look at them as our role models as our teachers we can learn so much from them like in her case never to lose hope and never to give up and if we do this we can reach to new heights we can go into a completely different life that we cannot even imagine, yeah. but that will be so good for us. And I believe we just need to trust ourselves and to build this confidence. Animals, dogs or cats or horses do this naturally. They don't think about it, but, but if we are more aware and we follow their example, our lives will change and they will change really dramatically to the better. Yes, there's. I'm glad you brought that up because the there's another story that really stood out that I wanted to ask you about. Um, it's about Pearl, your horse Pearl, and how pets teach us about our sixth sense and gut feelings. Yeah. And yes. you know, you just mentioned trusting yourself more, and I wondered if you could share that story. Yes, Pearl. She is a very special horse. Actually, she's the alpha mare or the lead mare of a group of Lipizan horses. I have rescued 80 Lipizan horses um, from a farm and they were all kept in very bad conditions. They were used to produce milk and they had been mistreated. She, especially Pearl, she had been beaten and she took all the beatings to protect her herd, to protect all the other mares. And she has big scars in her face. But when I saw her for the first time, it was amazing. I mean, it was so, Incredible, really, Susie. I looked at her and she looked at me and she was the first horse in front of all these other horses. So the big herd was behind her and she stood directly in front of me. And this is a horse that had been maltreated. This had been beaten savagely. That has scars in her face and all over her body. And she looked at me and I looked at her and it was so incredible. There was such a connection between her and between me. 
you know, it was like energy flew between us. There was really a flow of energy. And she looked at me and she, from the first moment we were together, it was just amazing. She trusted me. I loved her from the first look. And then when I took her to another farm, we started walking those horses to, to let them get used to humans again. And she never walked with anybody else, only me. She refused to walk with any groom or anyone. So that day I was with her, I had her on a rope and two grooms had two other horses and then a big thunderstorm came and it was too late to go back to the stable. So there was no way. So the other two horses, they reared and they ran away and the grooms ran behind them to the stable. But Pearl stayed and she stayed and she sheltered me from the wind. So she pulled her huge body. She's massive. I mean, she has at least, yeah, 1,200 pounds easily. So she sheltered with her massive body, me, that I was protected. And while we were walking backwards to the stable, I kept on leading her and then suddenly she stopped. And I said, come on, Pearl, we have to go to the stable. The, The thunderstorm is getting worse. She didn't move a single millimeter. She just stayed where she was like she was really frozen. And I said, come, 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 Pearl. She didn't move. And within seconds, a huge tree fell in front of us. If we would have moved on, the tree would have actually hit me. And frankly, I I believe I would have passed away because of that, because it was exactly in my way. So what she actually did, she could sense that there was harm in our way, that there was danger and something bad was coming up to me. So she protected me and she saved actually my life. And this is what is so amazing. They have this sense. I did not feel it. I just wanted to bring her back to the stable to find shelter. But she knew that if we move on, it will be the end. So this is so amazing. They have this sixth sense. They have this gut feeling that we have really, you can say, yeah, lost at least to a certain degree, because we are not so connected to nature anymore. Right. And when I had this experience, then I realized how important it is for us to listen to our inner voice and to find the sixth sense again, to come back and to connect to nature. And um, it was absolutely fabulous. And whenever I see Pearl, actually, you know what she's doing? She's putting her head on top of my head each single time. And you can feel the energy going up and down. And she's always doing that. This is her way of greeting me. And this shows that it's not just dogs or cats. Even the relationship with horses is just so profound and so life-changing. And if we trust ourselves again and listen to our inner voice, I believe we will avoid a lot of mistakes and we will do what is good for us because our sixth sense and our gut feeling tells us what is right for us, what we have to do. But we don't want to listen because we just think with our brains. But we need to think with our gut, actually. And this is, I believe, where we have to come back to. Yeah, we have to really connect. You know, one of the ways that you're helping us connect is with the second companion piece to your book, Your Pet, Your Pill. You've also produced a workbook, which I found fascinating. 
and that's the life coach in you for sure, a self-discovery guide about how pets lead you to a happy, healthy, and successful life. So it's a little workbook. It's easy to write in. And can you tell me why you thought it was important not just to produce the book, which is full of 101 inspirational stories, but an actual workbook? Why was that so important? It was very important for me because I believe we need to be much more aware about the impact our pets have on our life. And if you read the main book, the 101 Inspirational Stories, you'll have a lot of background information, you have a lot of science and you have entertaining and heartwarming stories. But I wanted people to look at their own lives. And what I tried to do with this workbook as a self-discovery guide, I tried to give them a helping hand to reassess their life and to reassess different parts of their life if they're happy, if they need comfort, and what the pet did for them in this situation. And by purpose, I made it only as a paperback and not as an ebook because the, the, the main book is an ebook as well. But I want people to sit down and once you start writing, you start reflecting. And when you reflect, you start to look inside of you. You start to realize what is happening. And that's why it's made, in a, it's made in an easy way. But I tried to put the question, and as you say, this is like the life coach actually, to give you like a helping hand to assess how the pets have improved your life. And if you, for example, don't have a pet, what this pet could do for you. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is very important because once we are aware what this pet can do for us, it's changing our life. And we know what we can change in our life to make it better and to be happier, healthier, and more successful in the end. Absolutely. So how can we get this book? Well, you can get it from amazon.com. It can be ordered online, as we said, uh, either as an ebook or as a paperback. Um, and it's also available through Barnes & Nobles, uh, through all these kind of online shops. Easy to find, easy to find. Well, Dr. Margit Muller, What a pleasure it's been to have you with us on the podcast. Your message about the way pets can help us now more than ever with their unconditional love to bring support and happiness, success and health into our lives. It is just so powerful. And I just want to thank you so much for doing this important work and for taking time to be with us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Thank you so much, Susie. It was just delightful to be with you. And I'm happy that you mentioned the book because it has already won two book awards. And I hope, and this is my sincere wish, that it might have a positive impact on people's lives and changes their life for the better. Because as we say, our pets are our pills. Thank you so much. And it was wonderful to be with you. Thank you. So good, right? Isn't she interesting? I totally agree with what she said. Pets really are some of our best teachers. I just loved how Dr. Margit talked about how pets can teach us how to learn to live in the moment. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. And that we center ourselves with the present, like how that all works together to improve just our happiness. It's so in line with the way we talk about the importance of being present and being in the present moment here in the podcast. When you are spinning, or full of self-judgment, or just stressed out, your dog or cat, or who knows, your horse, your guinea pig. For me, I have a parrot. 
whatever pet you have, can just bring you right back and increase your focus. I actually can't even imagine my life without pets. What a blessing they've been for me throughout different phases of my life. And and now we know the science. It's just more evidence that pets can change your life and improve your life for good. Okay, that's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about aging, about empty nest, about relationships, about your career, about being more compassionate towards yourself, about all of it. It's time to get excited about your life again. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. And you know what? You're not going to believe what's possible in your life and the transformation that you will be ready to make. I know you might not think that you really, really need help like this, and that if you just listen to the perfect podcast episode or read the popular best-selling book, you'll have all the answers you need. And you know, you might get some answers, I'm sure you will, but it may not be enough. When it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. I can help you grow faster. You'll see the connections and insights more clearly. And we laugh a lot too, because you learn to be more curious and more compassionate with yourself. It's just so good. And it's such a beautiful gift. So head over to www.talktosuzy.com and apply there and we can see what kind of coaching is a good fit for you. For show notes, how to get Dr. Margit's book, all of that stuff, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought and maybe even one pet at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. <music>